Uh, we get to celebrate someone today. Our, our mission here is helping people see Jesus, and we hope everything that is done this morning is, is about pointing people to him. But we get to honor someone God has used to help show many of us Jesus over the last few years. Mark and Stephanie Taylor came to this church in 1990 as a, I guess, kind of a newlywed couple. I was in third grade in 1990. I'm just trying to give context. I'm just trying to give context to the day. Uh, <laughs> Mark joined the staff here in 2001. So he is celebrating his 18th year of full-time ministry in this church. Casey and I do this thing, all right? Casey and I, my wife and I have a lot of fun, and there are times when we're at Christmas parties or parties or get-togethers. If people leave phones around, Casey and I are known to take phones and to take pictures and goofy pictures of us, and then people will find them the next day or maybe a month later. And we had a staff Christmas party a few years ago, and Casey and I were having fun because there were phones left everywhere, and we're taking a lot of pictures. And I took one just selfie with me making just a, a weird face. Well, the next day, Mark, it was on Mark's phone, Mark posted this picture and said, all he posted on Facebook was, somebody tried to break in my house, and this goofball stared into the camera. All right, now, that's all he said. Now, church people would have known it was me. But other people saw it first. You had Lakeland, like, city council people who were responding to his Facebook page saying stuff like, we're on it. We're going to find who this guy is. What kind of goofball would look right into a camera and smile like this guy? Here's the thing. Mark didn't come to my defense at all on his Facebook page. At all. <clears throat> Mark, will you come up here just for a moment? Mark's uh, going to preach today, but here's the deal. It's not your last sermon here, because this isn't your last Sunday here. Oh. <laughs> Mark, and Steph Mark is taking a job at Youth Town in Jackson, Tennessee, a place where he's been a, a board member for a long time. Mark and Stephanie would still call this their home. They'll be here. And we, uh, many people have asked, what are we going to do? The last few years, people have asked, what are we going to do? We lost Eric Wilson, and now Mark has resigned, and Mark's taking a new job. And we've done our best in a temporary season to take care of a lot of Mark's Sycamore View responsibilities. There's no one who can step in and be the kind of relational person Mark has been. But our plan moving forward is that we're hiring a new youth minister. We're going to shift Jim Hinkle into an executive ministry position. And down the road, we hope to be at a point where we can hire someone who is doing a lot of the stuff Mark has done. Mark is fully on board with the plan we have in place. But we're going to miss, we're going to miss so much of what you brought here. A few weeks ago, uh, we were wondering, what do we do for Mark for a good, goodbye present? So we have a potluck because you like to eat with people. And we're going to eat with you today. And you're going to eat with us. Uh, but we're like, man, do we get him a silver platter? You know, what do we do? If we got him something, would he hang it in his office? Or would it, what would we do? So here's what we did. <laughs> so you and Stephanie were on a mission trip in Hawaii two weeks ago, right? It was a mission trip. Yeah. Uh, Y'all were in Hawaii. <laughs> While you were gone, what we did is we asked the church. We said, hey, here's what we want to do. We want to give Mark a check to Youth Town for his final day, and dude, we gave people just a couple of days' notice. We sent an email without you and Stephanie on it. We said, hey, we're, we, we're not taking credit cards. We, we can't do that. It's just dollar bills, checks, coins. And we had no clue what the response would be, but we're going to hand you today a check for $4,050. That was just the overwhelming response. So, 
It was, uh, I think that the total number was around 3,900 and something, but the Bible says in the church to always round up. So we we'll rounded it up to 4,000 and someone else gave a check this morning. So, man, I hope that is just a little way to say thank you for all you've done and that Sycamore View, like we take such great pride in knowing now, I mean, you're leading an organization of over 100 people who you're trying to restore back to society and who knows how many people... The folks who were here this morning, how many people, lives they're going to touch? And we believe that God has somehow used this church and people in this church to prepare you for, for the leadership role you're in now. So we celebrate you. We love you. We honor you today. You ready to preach? Ready. All right. Man, I am scripted today because I did not want to get off script <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, I lost it, Kip, on uh last song. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. All those that contributed, uh, those that didn't, you, there's still time. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I'll be here all day. Not up here, but I'll be here. Uh, I'll, I really will be brief. I'm scripted. Uh, I knew that if I got off script, it would be um, not good. There's so many ways I could go with this. Um, I just like to, first of all, Thank all the guests for coming. There are people here in this auditorium that uh, have never been in this building. There are people in uh, the crowd today that used to go here, and uh, they were other places, and now they're back here to honor uh, the 18 years I've been on staff. And I saw some of you come in, and uh, I got pretty emotional then. And some of you, I, I, I may be able to, what are you doing? <laughs> Eric, this is not your first rodeo. <laughs> Sue, do I send Sue up there? You don't want Sue on you. Lord have mercy. Eddie, dude, you've been here since the 70s. These are my family, if you're a guest. These are, these are my family members that I've known for years. Thank you for being here if you're a guest. I look out and see so many uh, kind faces. And uh, I'm welled up with emotion that you came today. My friends, my family, thank you. There are people watching online. Where's the camera? Randy Fowler. Love you, man. You're watching today from the med. We love you. We love you. This family's been praying for you. Love you. 
People in Indianapolis, Chris and Lauren, people that are on spring break, they're taking time this morning. Um, but let me just say thank you to the staff, uh, Josh, for being a good friend, uh, walking alongside with you, good, bad. Uh, Kip, Fawn, Jim, Justin, Anna, Donna, Kathy, Betty, Kim. Don't leave anybody out. I, I try to remember everybody. Um, it was a pleasure waking up every morning and coming to work, to work with all, all you guys. Unbelievable staff. Unbelievable staff. But I got one question for you today. What in the world were y'all thinking? No longer employed here, so you can't fire me. <laughs> and you gave me the stage. Uh, and it's me. What were y'all thinking? Sycamore View, uh, like jo uh, Josh alluded to, we visited here in 1990. We were at the Mid-South Coliseum watching a Memphis State basketball game. Someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, where are you guys going to church? We're going to East Fraser Church. You need to come to Sycamore View. Give us a visit. If you go there, you'll never regret it. We came the next Sunday. It was cool time of the year. Uh, we came in the back. Uh, Kyle was three, uh, pregnant with, with Tyler, Stephanie, and um, Kyle threw up chocolate milk uh, <laughs> all over Stephanie's dress, down her dress in the songbook rack, and people were so kind. She goes, just go get the car. Go get the car. And so I went and got the car and pulled it around, and uh, people were so kind. And on the way home, driving back home, we lived at 2696 James Road, uh, we drove back home, and I said, that's the place for us. That's the place for us. And we've been here ever since. This is our kind of place. Uh, we've been part of the family since. We have no plans on leaving because we're family. We're family. Everyone needs family. Everyone needs physical and spiritual family. And I want to thank you this morning from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being mine. Families don't always see eye to eye or always get along. Sometimes we don't even like each other, but we're still family. We're still family. And I thank God for you as my family. And again, what were they thinking? In 2001, um, 9-10, September the 10th, 2001, they hired me to come on board here and... Uh, and I saw the heart and the core of who this church is the very next day on 9-11. Y'all remember that? Any type of uh, big event, tragedy, if you can remember back then, you'd know wh where you were and what you were doing. We saw world terrorism like never before on the United States mainland. You remember where you were when you heard the news? I was visiting Tom Dixon, Alan Dixon, Alan Dixon. Remember Alan Dixon? Those of you remember Alan Dixon? One of our elders here. He had broken his hip riding a bicycle with one of his grandkids. He was at Baptist Hospital on Walnut Row, and I walked in, and uh, he and Mary Jo were there, and we watched the second plane hit while I was visiting him in the hospital. We watched the second plane hit, we didn't know what was going on at the time. They weren't for sure what was going on. And I got back to Sycamore View office here on my second day at work. 
and we had a TV on, and they were watching it. We were watching everything unfold. We were shaken. We were grieving. And we were afraid. I saw many of you here in this audience display the heart and the compassion of Jesus that day. You sprung into action. In a minute's notice, we had people here in our building from Brazil, from Japan, from China, Germany, in many states here in the United States. We picked them up at the Memphis International Airport and we brought them here. You remember the domestic flights were grounded for a week and the international flights were grounded for two weeks. So we had the people that were stranded and we had them here in our building. What did you do? We picked them up, we brought them here, we comforted them, we fed and housed them. Total strangers. Some didn't even speak our language. And they saw Jesus in us. There's so many great memories from such a bad event, all centered around Sycamore View and this family. The words of one couple keep running through my mind. Y'all remember Rod Collinsworth? Y'all remember Rod? Rod was a, a student at the grad school. And I think it was his mother that spoke German. So he knew just enough German to get us through with this German couple, okay? They were afraid. I remember their clothes had gotten wet. Um, they were on the last part of their trip on the way back home. And so they were out of money. Their clothes were dirty. And they didn't speak our language. And the country in which they were in was being terrorized. And I remember Rod coming over here from the grad school and talking with them the best he could. And he explained to them what we were doing that we just wanted to be their friend, and this was a safe place. I remember riding with them to the airport two weeks later to go back home, and he pulled Rod aside, and they were trying to speak in their language, and I said, Rod, what's he saying? He said, Mark, he doesn't believe in God, but he heard this God talked about, and he realizes there must be something to that because he saw it. And the people here at this church. I'll never forget that. 45 straight days, um, we took care of people from Katrina, almost four years to the date. Remember that 1,800 people, over 1,800 people died from Hurricane Katrina. Over $125 billion in damage. And we fed people in our gym. Remember that? A lot of y'all dipped out green beans. A lot of you dipped out whatever 45 days we fed people from that area we set up a safe haven we had good meals we offered assistance we had made multiple trips back and forth to the uh, areas hit delivering supplies moving people back various various reasons i was glad they finally left i ran out of food to to feed these people ideas i mean after a while what do you do after 45 days jimmy we started repeating ourselves dude you can only uh, give out so much pizza so much this so much that but i'll never forget how this church this family rose to the occasion from national emergencies and disasters things huge like that to watching a little kid 
give me his allowance to buy school supplies for Shelby Oaks. I saw acts of kindness and love that you can't make up. It just happened. I've seen you show the love of God to others. We've been in tough situations here, but you always show up. You show up in the good, and you show up in the bad. From house fires to kissing new babies to divorces, sudden deaths, to a lot of weddings, I stopped counting after 300. Accidents, illnesses, life, good and bad, we've all stuck together. Well, we haven't always gotten it right here at Sycamore View. I know some of you think we, we have, but we haven't always gotten it right. But we sure have given it a good Sycamore View try. God never let us down. We've dropped the ball a few times. But thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your grace. And thank you, God, for your mercy. Since 2001, Sycamore View's changed. And I thank God for change. Our community has changed. The world has changed. This church has been bold and all along been faithful to Scripture. Some left here because we were too bold. That's cool. Some left because we weren't bold enough. That's cool. Through all of this, we all still love each other. You don't quit loving your family. You just don't. I love you all, regardless if you left Sycamore View or not. But it makes my heart happy, more than you'll ever know, to see how Sycamore View beats Bartlett Woods in Oliver Creek every year in the blood drive. <laughs> we do kick their butts. Some of you are visiting here today. From there, take that back to your church. <laughs> and listen to me, fellow Gentiles. We must set our eyes on beating the Jews at Temple Israel. Rabbi Micah, watch out. We're coming. There are so many medium, large, 3X and 4X things that Sycamore View has done and continues to do. Great people. Great people here. A great place to call home, and it's been a great place to work. You know, it hadn't always been easy. Let me let you on a little secret. You may not know this, so listen to me today. People are crazy. <laughs> people are nuts. They are mucho loco. <laughs> and they're even crazier at church. That's what makes each day so unique from the day before. Makes you want to get up, get to work, and see who's going to show their goofiness that day. It might be me. From 1990 to present, you've loved my family. You love my boys. Both of them are here today. 
They're here with their amazing women. You've helped us raise them. You've taught them. You took them into your home. You sponsored them. You traveled with them. You fed them. You offered wise counsel to them. You were their moms and dads, brothers and sisters, grandparents and friends to my two boys, and I thank you for that. You loved Stephanie and I. We almost threw in the towel in 1991 and in 2003. You encouraged us, you prayed for us, and you stood and walked beside us. You gave me grace and forgiveness. Making this year, 2019, if, if we make it to September, will be 36 years. Thank you, God. And thank you, Sycamore View. Thank you. When I started work here, we had just moved away from, think about this, all you old folks in here. In 1990, we had just moved from the brick cell phone. Remember that? Remember the brick Motorola cell phone? And I will tell you this, you never dropped a call. That was great service. Those were good phones. <laughs> to flip phones. Remember? And some of you guys that just won't move on with technology have one in your pocket right now, and I know who you are. You still have a flip phone. And look at the phones today. I mean, I got this phone up here with all these contacts in it, computer, email accounts, took pictures of you, can put it on Facebook before you know it, right there from your phone. But regardless of the features, it comes down to one thing. If it rings, you answer it. And you talk. You dial a number and call someone. Hopefully they answer. The iPhones show you the number. If they're in your contacts, it displays their name of the caller. And you can even put a cute little picture in there. So how many people have my phone number? I want to see how many people have my phone number. Raise your hand. If you have my phone number, raise your hand. That's amazing. I don't always answer your call. <laughs> I was just curious. So if you saw the sermon title today, so what if Moses had an iPhone? God could have called him on his iPhone. And what would Moses would have done? What would he have done? Would he have declined it? Like we do when we don't uh, want to answer the call? I've declined yours. But I can't decline his. Pull up uh, Exodus 3. Let's read together. Is it got the actual words up there? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Give me your Bible. <laughs> it's the second book in the Bible. <laughs> Dude, who's got a Bible with regular print? You can't even read that. You're going to get old one day and you won't be able to use that. Huh? 
I, I could do it on my phone, but I can't hardly see it. It's the second book of the Bible. There you go. That's Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. I said Exodus. Oh, the Old Testament. Okay. You know, when I told them I wanted Exodus 3 and 4, look what they gave me. Oh, I'm not done with y'all yet. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. For years I thought that was the guy on Beverly Hillbillies. It's not him. The priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, Jacob. And every time I read that, I always add Memphis. Think about it. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I'm indeed, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. I got some guys here from Youth Town. People are concerned over the suffering you've been through. Thanks for coming today, guys. It means the world to me you guys are here. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that hand, land into a good, spacious land, a land, what? Flowing with milk and honey. The home of all those ites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So now, right here, God is calling... Moses, if he'd have had an iPhone, he'd have declined it. He would have. He's trying to decline it. First excuse, first excuse. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God says, I'll be with you. And he keeps asking all these questions. He keeps declining, declining. Remember, if we fast forward, he what's the other excuse he uses? Can't speak. I'm not eloquent of speech. I'm slow to, with my speech or whatever. Some people even suggest he may have stuttered or whatever, but he, he couldn't talk. So what did, what did God give him? He, he told him his brother Aaron would, his brother Aaron could speak and his brother Aaron would go with him. To be his mouthpiece. He, exactly. It's exactly what he did. He kept trying to give excuse after excuse after excuse. Decline, decline, decline. Decline. I never really understood all this calling stuff until recently. I've heard people talk about, well, God called you to this. God called you to that. Or that must be your calling. I never understood that until recently. In fact, I'll be totally transparent with you today. 
I used to laugh sometimes when people told me that. Well, I'm being called to another city to preach, or God's calling me. I said, whatever. I did. I sometimes laughed at that. Guys, I get it now. I get it. I was called on a real iPhone to answer God's call to leave here and go somewhere. God used a burning bush, and Moses kept saying no, and he kept making excuses. And I did the same thing. I said no, no, no. I weighed all all the options. I thought about where it was, what was going on, what I did here. I couldn't decide. So I prayed about it. And I've never done this until recently. I asked God for a sign. Have you ever done that? Have you ever asked God for a sign? So I left my house on Sunday to go to church here. And I drove by a church building. And, some t- and the sign was not there that day. I asked for a sign the next morning driving to work. This is what it said. They changed that sign tonight, overnight. That was not there. I said, God, that's not quite what I was asking. <laughs> that's a little, bit, uh, are you, a little ambiguous. You're not really helping me. Okay, it's my decision. I get that. And I kept saying, no, no, no. I'm not smart enough. My resume doesn't look good, Casey. It just doesn't. doesn't look good. And so I thought, well, I'll call the guy that did my resume years ago, he won't have it. If he doesn't have it, that's a no-brainer. I'm not going to send it in. I called him. He said, I haven't thrown a resume away in 25 years. While we were texting, it came in my inbox in my email. And I drove around the corner. Next, what was the next church? Right around the corner. I'm not making this up. I've got this in my phone time stamped. I can tell you exactly this is the way it happened. I'm not making this up. I kept saying no, decline, decline. And they needed an answer. And they kept calling. So Thursday, a Thursday, I called Stephanie at work. Two o'clock. I said, Steph, I made up my mind. I'm saying no. She said, it's your decision. I said, I know that. <laughs> she said, it's okay. Whatever you decide, I'll be fine with it. So I called the board president at Uttown. I told him I would call him by 2.30. I was a minute late, 2.31. And y'all know Clay. Clay comes up and does some of the discipleship in some, maybe some of y'all's dorms. We talked 12 to 15 minutes with me telling him I'm going to say no, right? When I hung up, I had said yes. Something changed my mind. Something changed my mind. My mind had completely been changed, not by the one I was calling, but by God who was calling me. I sent my resume at 6.06 p.m. that night, that Thursday. After sleepless nights, I finally pushed send 
before, during, and after the interview, Steph and I talked about this. I was hoping they would not pick me. I asked God, and I kind of, I kind of, you ever bargain with God? You ever try to rationalize some things? Here's what I did. I said, hey, God, I answered your call. I sent him the resume. My name's in the hat, but don't pick me. That ain't the way it worked. He had all of this planned out. I was hoping they wouldn't pick me. I love my job here. I knew it. I know you. I know how to do it. It's who I was. It's what I know. This place was foreign. Too many unknowns. From supervising zero. Greg, how many do I have there now? About 71. There's more responsibilities. It's a longer drive. I would have been happy to accept their call to hear them decline me. Well, they called. And they said, come on. When can you start? Well, I'm here to tell you today, I've lasted a week. <laughs> Day three was crazy, wasn't it, guys? Joint commission was there. Supervisors flew in to check us out, inspect us. We got hit from all angles, learning, people asking questions, many discussions. I'm trying to meet everybody. And then God sent me another sign. Through the inspector that flew in from Minnesota. Where's Chris Newtot? Oh, she's from Minnesota. She called it Minnesota. Minnesota. So she flew in from Minnesota to inspect us. I told her I had a friend from Duluth. And she came back on the last day to give a summary of what she found. You know, you always have the fire extinguishers that have to have proper documentation to make sure they've been serviced. You have to have the place cleaned up. Where's your, uh, all your licensed therapists, where are their uh, credentials? Uh, are they keeping the meds refrigerated properly if, if the air conditioner or the heat goes out? Uh, how are you going to keep this uh, insulin proper temperature? Blah, 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 blah. Form, 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 form. I'm going, what am I doing? And then she said this. This was the sign. She said, I talked to some of the families and I talked to some of the teens that are there, guys and girls. We have a boys' campus and a girls' campus. I know, guys, you can't go up to the girls' campus. <laughs> I know. And they said, this place saved my life. If it weren't for you, if it weren't for Youth Town, if it were not for Youth Town, my son or daughter would be dead. That was the sign that I needed to hear from God that I had made the right choice. This place saved my life. Okay, last page, guys. I'm done. I've stood on this stage many times. Marrying people, preparing to bury friends, I've been in the water behind me here, witnessing people, accepting and answering the call of Jesus. I've witnessed so much. 
I've taught classes here. I learned and I prepped. I listened to you teach me. I heard your stories. I kept the secrets that you told me. I never told anybody. It made me better. You made me a better husband. You made me a better father. And you made me a better man. You held my hand when I lost my dad. You held our hand when Stephanie's mom and dad passed. We've all circled the wagons together. And this is still our house. This is still our home. And Sycamore View will continue to be my home. I got one or two last sentences. If the people can go to their prayer areas, the guys coming down front to the exit. We got men and women that are going to be at different places if you want to go and to share something with them or pray with them. Uh, that's what they're there for. Always feel welcome to do that, whether it be in an assembly like this or in the halls or later. But make that available to you now. I'm going to read this and I'm done. I don't know what your calling is. You may not know as well. Are you even taking calls? Some of you may have your phones on silent or turned off. Do you pick and choose and judge the caller before you even talk to them? When you see the ID, say, ah, I ain't taking that call. I'll call them back later at my convenience. You may be getting some kind of call today. God's put something on your heart. Something's tugging at you. Maybe something you need to clear up in your family with God. Maybe it's that inner voice telling you, calling you, calling you to do it. Go for it. Today's a good day. Well, this church is a great place to call family. So if that's what you're looking for, go for it. Okay, God. Okay, Jesus. I'm all in. I'm going for it. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you've done for me and my family. If there's anything we can do for you anyway, talk to us while we sing.